welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Again, welcome to you all. Welcome to you all. Lots happening at Awaken around here. Um, by the way, if you, uh, if you, um, there's a little thing we send out called the Awaken Weekly every week. It has all the information, all the details, all the announcements for the uh, upcoming events. If you're not a part of that and don't get that, you can sign up for that online. Um, but lots of good things happening. Advent starting in a couple weeks, which is great. It's my favorite part of the favorite part of the church calendar every year. Advent. So um, again, my name is Micah, and we are finishing up a series this morning that we started three weeks ago. Uh, this series is called Emanate, and uh, this word emanate has this idea of something going out from, an, from a, a single origin or source. So we've been talking about this idea that the action of God in the scriptures sort of emanates out from the heart of God. So at some point, God decides to get involved in this thing, and we see it in scripture, uh, written and chronicled, that God's action then sort of ripples out. Uh, the first week we talked about the theology behind this idea, that in the scriptures we see this, in Israel and then again in the church. And at the resurrection, God's action seems to be rippling out into the world. And last week we talked about, asked this question, what would it require of us? What would it require for you and I and this church and the church, uh, Big C, to be involved in and say yes to what God is up to in the world? Certainly would require sacrifice, but... We think that there's no more worthy cause. And so this week, I'm very excited to share with you, um, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've kind of been leading up to this Sunday, and I don't know about you, but I've been sort of anxiously awaiting today, um, because we want to talk about the specifics of where we feel and how we feel God is leading Awaken in this next season of our life together. Uh, we are six and a half years old. We started in a comedy club. That's a miracle. We're still here, friends. People ask me, they're like, how's Awaken doing? And I'm like, we're still here. It's amazing. People keep coming. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why, but they do. We're still here. So we want to talk about uh, what, what, what we sense and what we imagine God uh, leading and, and inviting us into. If you didn't know, Awaken is a congregational church, which means that there are leaders that you as partners at Awaken... Um, nominate and affirm to lead on your behalf. Um, at many churches, they're called an elder board, which I think is a little specific. I mean, we have young people and older people, so why just an elder board, right? I mean, come on, let's throw a bone to the young folk around here. Um, that's a joke, everybody. <laughs> come on, comedy club, remember, comedy club. Um, so they lead on your behalf, and they have been praying and discerning, and we have been praying and discerning and asking God, where are you leading, and how are you, how are you asking us to step out in faith? And so this is a series that has been exploring that. And so I'm excited to sort of uh, get to the pinnacle here. So if you have your Bibles, I want to, I want to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 14. We're going to read a passage from uh, the end of Acts 14. So I'll invite you to stand, and we'll read from Acts 14, starting in verse 21. Luke, the writer, says this. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. And Paul and Barnabas were appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, then they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. 
On arriving there, they gathered the church together and they reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Pray with me. God, this morning, as we uh, open our hearts and ourselves to your word, and we open this book, uh, and we hear this story that happened so long ago, and yet uh, is fresh and alive and for us. I pray, God, that as, we, uh, as we're together, that by your Holy Spirit, you would continue to lead us and guide us, that you would have a word for your church this morning, uh, even this little one in St. Paul, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So about seven years ago, maybe a little more, I was on staff at a church in the South Metro, and I was navigating, negotiating, uh, discerning some things God was stirring up in my heart. I had been at this church for a couple years. Before that, I had been a youth pastor, and I felt like God was inviting me to consider some things, and so I went through a process called a, a church planters assessment, where they, uh, a group of people got together, and they basically helped me and Laura, we went together, discern if I was gifted and uh, had this kind of skill set that was necessary to start a new church. And so I'd been wrestling through some of that, and then we went, uh, I was on staff at a church, and I'd been talking with our senior pastor, and we thought it would be a good idea for me to share some of this with, our, with the staff and the leadership at the church. And so we go to this retreat center called Via Maria, it's a place down in, in, in Red Wing, in Frontenac State Park, we're in this little, like, um, not, you couldn't even call it a hotel room. It was an old, like, Catholic school. So we were in the, you know, uh, the nunnery or the library or somewhere. Here we are, the staff and, and the leadership team at, at this church. And so I begin to share them, share with them. Uh, I'm trying to, to argue a compelling case for the things that I felt like God was inviting me to. Here's what I told them. I said, listen, friends, uh, we're planting one-eighth the number of churches to keep up with population growth. Like, as population growth rises and churches close, the evangelical church is planting one-eighth the number of churches just to keep up with population growth alone. Uh, less than 18% of Americans attend church on any given Sunday. Less than 20%. Um, in the last decade, the church has been in a 20% decline among evangelicals and, and mainline in America. 65% uh, of the population report that they have no church connection whatsoever, and half of that 65% that said that they would go if they were only invited. Studies would say that the most effective form of evangelism, the most effective form of new people coming to faith in Christ and people's faith being resurrected in Christ is new churches, church planting. Uh, the vast majority of growth, if you look at evangelical churches across America, the vast majority of growth comes from new church plants. In fact, the only uptick in evangelical churches in America is in new church plant efforts in terms of growth. Everything else is declining. Uh, churches that plant are healthier. They're more missional. Uh, in fact, they say that churches that plant other churches grow three times faster than other churches that don't plant. Um, I would argue that church planting forces you to live in a place of desperation and dependency on God's spirit. And it focuses our attention or your attention and your hearts and your prayers on someone other than yourself, which is never a bad thing. Amen? 
If you were to cut out church planting from the, from the Bible, from the New Testament, you would basically have to stop after the Gospel of Matthew and the Great Commission because everything after that, which is about 25 books, is all about church planting. The entire New Testament, save the Gospels, is about new, church, new churches being started. And then I ended with this. I looked at these people's eyes who had been a church for 50-some years, and I said, you were once a church plant that someone believed in and invested in and took a risk on. What kind of attitude leads you to believe that you would be the last link in that chain? Got real in here. <laughs> I guess I would just ask this question to you this morning. What of any of those stats have changed or are no longer true? None of them. All the stats about the church and its decline and what's happening in the church in America, it's all still the same. Nothing from this list has changed. This passage that we read in the book of Acts, it's, what, seven verses or eight verses, and in it we find that Paul visits seven different locations and he preaches the good word about Jesus and the resurrection. People come to faith in Christ. Their lives are transformed. He develops and trains and, and then empowers and sends out leaders to lead these churches that, that have started in these little communities. So what has changed? Nothing, I would argue. From the very beginning of Awakened Story, we have said that we want to be involved in church planting, that we want to be about church planting, and we have been involved in church plants along the way to the degree that we were able and, how, and, and in appropriate ways. So early on, we said yes to committing uh, $5,000 a year for three years to start a church, uh, help start a church in the midway called Roots Covenant Church, Tuzier and Maiku. Some of you have heard their story and, and know them. Uh, early on, we said if we're going to give money to the Evangelical Covenant global missions efforts and we can designate those funds, then let's designate them to a church planter. So Grant and Miho are planting Tokyo Life Covenant Church in Tokyo right now in part because of your gifts and your investment in the gospel. So from the very beginning, we've said that this is a part of our story and a part of our strand. And friends, we were once a church plant. In fact, we still are in some ways. So I'm, I'm excited to sort of let you know or let you in on the fact that over the last year or so, we have been discerning and praying and asking the Lord, how might you lead us and what are the steps of faith you're inviting us to take and I wonder what it would be like for us to say we want to be a part of a church planting movement in this city and in our denomination. What would that look like? So what I want to do this morning is I want to share uh, briefly what, why, and how. What are we talking about? What are some of the specifics and the logistics of what we're, what we're saying, what we're imagining? Why, a little bit more specifically about why we're thinking about this now. And then how, what does the next season look like? All right? So if you, have a, if you take notes, um, we don't have a screen today, but there's a couple things I would encourage you to write down. What? What are we dreaming about? What are we imagining? If we were going to paint a picture of the preferred future, what would it look like? A network of parishes led by local pastors connected to one another in name and a shared mission, vision, and values. I'll say it again. A network of parishes connected to one another in name and shared mission, vision, and values, led by local pastors. Not me on a screen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We get enough of you. Not me on a screen. Local pastors leading, preaching, teaching, empowering their people, but a part of something bigger, connected to one another. 
a bigger story. Well, what's a parish, you might be asking? What, what, what a sacred Sunday. you got all these crazy words and hymns and whatnot. If you remember back in the day in England, there were parishes, and then that kind of came to America with, with this country. Parish is this idea of a local congregation with a sense of spiritual responsibility for a geographic area. So parish is this idea of a local congregation, a local worshiping body that has a, uh, an invested sense of romance for the city, a, a love affair with the neighborhood that they're a part of, a sense of responsibility that they feel for this group of people that live in this neighborhood and in this area. So a network of parishes with local pastors. I've always said that I'm not terribly interested in pastoring a megachurch if, if that were to ever happen or the Lord were to continue to grow this church. Uh, that's not to say anything negative about megachurches, but just me personally, I just never see myself. That's not the preferred future I see for Micah. Um, and so what that means is, is if the Spirit of God continues to move at Awaken, and if Awaken continues to grow, then we have to have a plan for what to do with all these people, right? Like I just, I keep, on Sunday mornings, I sort of walk, I walk into this place and I'm like, are they going to come back? I mean, six years in, I'm still thinking that, you know? And yet, here you are. I'm just blown away every week. I think, gosh, this is amazing. Like, the last couple of weeks, first hour, there were people hanging from the chandeliers. I mean, it's just bonkers around here. I can't, I don't know what to do with it. So what would it look like to have local parishes with neighborhood churches, a sense of spiritual responsibility over a geographic area, led by pastors who preach and teach and lead and disciple and empower, much like our example, Paul, connected to one another in friendship and in mission? That's key. Something's happening here. Wasn't there a song about that? Something's happening. You got to stop, baby. What's that sound? You remember that one? I'm not, they're not old enough, Bruce says. Friends, something is happening around here, and I don't know if it's in the water that people are drinking or if it's the spirit of God at work in our midst. Come on now. And I think it's bigger than Awaken. It's not about Awaken. It's not about any one person. It's about the church, and it's about God's desire for the good news of the gospel to go out into the world, to heal and transform and renew. That's what it's about. And there's something happening here. And so we are saying, what would it look like for us to say, God, with humility and open hands, we, we receive what you're giving, and we want to be good stewards. What if we could expand that reach, and more people could come to know Christ, and their faith be resurrected, as it were? A couple uh, months ago, Laura and I went to New York City, and we went on this little trip, a little conference. We took some R&R for us, which was lovely. We didn't see any of you for like a week. It was awesome. <laughs> I love you all, but not that much. So we went to New York City, and it was great. We, we had a great time. But specifically, we went to a conference that was about parish model church planting. And what, is it, what, what does it take, and what's it look like for for a group of people to execute this and to do it well. So we were on a recon mission, and you didn't even know it. Some of the things that we learned out there was that there are some people in our tribe, our family, in the covenant that are doing this and doing it effectively, and God is doing amazing things. There's a church in Boston that planted their first church after seven years and then planted a church every year for the next five years. There's six high rock churches in, in the greater Boston area now. There's a church in New York City called Trinity Grace. They've planted 11 parishes in 10 years. God's doing amazing things. And we just said, like, what might God want to do in the Twin Cities? Like, New York City, you know, it's like the capital of the world, right? But the Twin Cities is on the map, y'all. 
Like, there's stuff happening here. And what if God wanted to do something in our city, in our time? What if two, three, five, ten years down the road, what could we imagine God could do in our city? And would we be so bold and so audacious to believe that God might want to use us? Snaps. And I don't know about you, but I'm just dumb enough to believe it. I'm just crazy enough to believe that God wants to use this group of people in this church to do something great for his name's sake in our time, in our day, right? Habakkuk 3, God, we've seen your deeds, we've seen your fame. Do it again in our time, in our generation, make your name known. So that's what I hope for. That's what we're praying for. The gift of the good news is going out into the world. And like the Macedonian church we studied last week, I'm saying we want in on it. Are you with me now, people? So why? Why would we do this? Why would we be talking about church planting? Because the seeds of the gospel bear fruit. When the seeds of the good news of Jesus are planted and they take root and they grow, they bear fruit. And that fruit has the seed of future life in it. Did you guys know that there are fields, acres upon acres upon acres of fields in our country that are planted with seeds that are sterile? Now, I don't mean to get all political and agricultural on you and whatnot, but what that means is you can plant the seed once, and it'll grow, and there'll be a crop from that field. But that plant will never produce a seed that has the future, that has future life in it. It's a dead end. It's the last link in the chain. And if we know anything about the goodness of God and the character of God in the scriptures, we know that that is not how God operates. Genesis chapter 1 Day three, God creates the trees, and what do the trees have? They have fruit, and what are those fruit? What does that fruit bear? They bear more fruit with seeds for future life in them. And God says, "Now that's good." The seeds of the gospel bear fruit. So if the if 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 the church is doing its job, there should be fruit that's born, and that fruit should have the seed of future life in it. And there should be seeds to plant, my friends, lots of them. So we're going to see if we can't plant a couple of them and see what happens. <laughs> the actualization of potential life embedded in the creation by God when the creation itself brings it forth with the seeds of future life in it. Snaps. That's what God calls good in Genesis. So why would we think about church planting on a macro level? It's what we were made for. That's the nature of God. It's the nature of the good news. It bears fruit. It grows. It expands. On a micro level, have you been here the last two weeks? It's been nuts. Literally, I got a call from this lady down here on Juno. I bought her a Moochie's gift card because I feel so bad. She couldn't park. She had nowhere to park. She called me. She's like, you know, I'm super excited about the church, and I love Moochie's in the neighborhood, but gosh darn it, I came back from my yoga, and there's nowhere for me to park. I've lived here 20 years. I could always park some in front of my house. Can you do anything about that? I called her back and I was like, no. I'm sorry. Carpool. If you can, carpool. Make sure the lot is full before you park on the street. That's, that's, that's what I told her I could do. But I'm going to give her a gift card. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. The day in which we live, man. You can't forget. I always forget about that stuff. People can get this stuff. It, it never dies. It's always alive. But seriously, look around you. Like last, the last two weeks, I'm not a numbers guy, but listen to this. The last two weeks, two weeks ago, there were 440 people in this building in two gatherings. 
Last week, there were 480 people in this building in two gatherings. This sanctuary seats about 250 people, and then you can't find a seat anymore. So friends, what do we do with you all? How do, we, how do we go forward? There's a couple of options. Well, either we add another gathering. No thank you, not interested. I love teaching, I love preaching, but three, it's, my, it's, it's where I cross, it's where I draw the line. Uh, or we move, right? And we, buy, we, we get a bigger building with more seats. I think that's kind of predictable. I'd like to try something different. I like it here. I think this is, feels like home in some ways. Uh, or we just close the doors and say there's no more room in the end. I mean, Advent is coming. It's a part of the story. <laughs> right? No room. Sorry. No seats. I don't know what to tell you. I thought about could we, could we add like a second level, but I think that's a little cost prohibitive. So what do we do? Maybe we begin new works and send out called and gifted leaders empowered to plant and begin new works of God in neighborhoods around the cities. So the question is, how are we going to do it? I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, in some ways I do, but in some ways I don't. We don't. Like, we've never stood here before, right? I mean, this is brand new. Like, we are standing on the edge of a cliff, and we're looking out over this great expanse wondering, God, what is this going to be like? But I don't know about you, but I feel alive. Like my heart is pounding and that's how I know I'm alive. This is going to be scary in some ways. I have been so anxious about this sermon like all week. I'm, I'm like twitching, waiting to get here. But I'm excited. One of the things that we've learned along the way in asking for wisdom from friends and people who have walked in front of us is this idea of uh, church planters in residence. So how are we going to do this? Here's our, here's our game plan going forward. Uh, starting on December 1st, we've been saving money all along to do this, by the way, in case you're wondering. So we're going to start spending it instead of sitting on it. So starting on December 1st, Dan Lucas is going to be our church planter in residence. And for six months, Dan will be here with us. And uh, um, I don't know, maybe six months ago or so, Dan and Sinead went through the church planting assessment process that Laura and I went through uh, so long ago when you were just a speck in my eye. And they were recommended with no hesitation. They were surprised, but we were not. I was a part of that assessment team. And to a person across the board, everyone was like, these guys are called, they're gifted, they are, uh, they are ready to plant covenant church today Um, and that's what the assessment process is asking are they called to plant are they called and gifted to plant a covenant church today and so Dan and I have been in conversation over the last year or so Uh, he'll tell you a little bit more about the the beginnings of this but the question was what would it be like for you to be a part of this group of people and for us to partner and for you to plant the first awakened parish so your pastoral advisory team and this little sub-team of people have been praying and discerning and walking faithful steps that we have discerned are the, are the right next steps. And this is where we are today, that this residency would be the next wisest thing for us to do. And our hope is, our prayer is, that at the end of it, that Dan would plant the first awakened parish and that some of you would go with him. Ah! And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Some of the wisdom I've received is to go slow and to trust the process. And what I know today is this. What I've seen 
what I have heard, what I know to be true about Dan and about his gifting and his calling and his passion and his desire to be a part of this community and to plant, there's nobody I'd rather invite into this process. So if you would, um, some of you know Dan, he preached here a few months back, but some of you have not, so let me introduce to you Dan Lucas, my friend. I, uh, I just can't believe that I'm here. Uh, this, is, this is good. <laughs> I, uh, I followed Awaken pretty much from your beginning. Um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be a part uh, of Awaken, um, but I couldn't. I was on staff at another church, and you know how those things work. You can't be two places at once, and so I did what, um, you know, I, you, you do, I, uh, I became your digital friend. Um, so I listened to most of those podcast sermons that you just can't get rid of that are out there for forever. I've heard um, Micah's wonderful jokes that some of them have just been lost. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm with yeah. you. There, there was one, uh, he was talking about Jesus and how he was this this. this Rabbi Ninja. You, and he's like, and he just kept doing this jujitsu on them. And I remember listening to the podcast and it just being they deadpan. They don't get it. They don't get it. Jesus was Jewish. Jewish. Jujitsu. Jujitsu. Huh? Come on. That's a good one. That, that's expert level stuff, right? So <laughs> I, I've heard that. I've, uh, I've borrowed and stolen from your design stuff. There would be things that I'd see on your website and I'd talk to my graphic designer, and I'd be like, see that? Just make that and put our name on it, right? <laughs> Nobody will know. Nobody will tell. Um, I've found courage in how Awaken has found this like third way, this space to occupy, um, and not go down the, the paths of, of, of either or. But even like this morning, talking about uh, Amazing Grace and how the song is a song of protest, against degradation and we can occupy those spaces and not have the answers but also go but things aren't right and and we can be a part of of God making those things right uh I was excited when I saw that you moved into this space I watched the build out and everything on Facebook and social media and was like this is so great I want to be here like this whole this this is this is fantastic Uh, I even remember a time when Micah's title on your website seriously dude sorry Uh, was uh, lead pastor and imaginator. I didn't give myself that name. Somebody else gave me that. But it's not there anymore. (laughs) It is not there. If you Google it, you can still, but, you know, those, some things don't die. Um, My heart has resonated with this community for a long time. Uh, And what has been created here, what you guys have created, what you've nurtured, that this is a safe place for people to come and discover who Jesus is. And a safe place to come and re-discover who he is. And re-rediscover. That this is a place where that can and does happen. So, honestly, to be here today with you, uh, I am humbled. I'm honored. Uh, I just keep waiting for someone to pinch me, and I wake up. 
but it's not going to happen because this is real. Um, so let me just tell you how we got here. Um, we, my wife and I, we did not find church planting. We were not looking for it. It found us. Um, last January, I had this experience where I, I sort of woke up and I felt like God had said to me, new season starts Advent 2016. And I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that, but what happens to me when, uh, and it doesn't happen often, but when these things happen, I either go, was that you or was that the burrito and indigestion from last night? I don't quite ever know what to do. And so I, I did the wisest thing possible. I talked to um, the mouthpiece of God in my life, my wife. True most of the time, right? So I'm like, honey, hey, this happened. Uh, I I don't know. I think I'm gonna call Micah and uh, and see what he, he see what he says about. It. And she says, oh yeah, I just had coffee with Micah. By the way, I'm supposed to tell you he wants to get together with you. So when these things happen, you like pay attention to those moments. You're like, oh, that's a breadcrumb. I need to I need to follow this out. And so uh, Micah and I got together at Clada. Did I say it right? I'm always going to never know. Clotta, just down the road, uh, and, and had a conversation, and uh, basically he let off, and he's like, hey, you ever uh, thought about church planting? Which is like a, that's a hot way to start a conversation, right? You ever thought about this? And my answer was, no, I'm not interested in church planting. And here's why. All the church planters that I know, uh, they are, um, they're solitary people. Right? They're like gunslingers going into the Wild West with a badge, and they're the law, and, and they go out and they're alone. And God bless them, but that's not me. Uh, I love starting things, but I'm not interested um, in being alone. I'm interested in a we. I'm interested in an us. And so my answer was, no, I'm not really interested Unless you're talking about that parish church planting thing that's happening out on the East Coast, you know, where they're sort of together, they're absolutely together, but they're, it's just this new way of doing church planting and friendship and community. And so uh, the rest is sort of history. Here we are, we've gone through assessment. We can't believe that the covenant was crazy enough to recommend us without hesitation, uh, but they, they were. And we have just continued to say the next yes. The next thing that God has invited us into, we've just said, okay, yes. And so as God has invited us further and further into this, uh, I have resigned <laughs> my job at a very good church with very good benefits. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Awaken. Right. Buckle up, right? Uh, I'm, I'm leaving behind a team, um, a family that I love, many of them that I, I, uh, I kind of put together. Some of them are actually in the room right now. And I've said goodbye to them because we're saying hello. We're saying yes to this new thing that God is in, uh, inviting us into. So um, this has been a journey of following the voice of God for us. It's been slow. Uh, it's, been, it's been difficult, but here I am. Here we are. We're here. And most of you don't know me yet, um, but what I want to tell you is um, 
your family. Uh, what God is doing and has done here has been so much what he's been doing in my heart. And I'm really excited to have coffee with almost every one of you and convince almost every one of you to come help us plant and leave some of these seats wide open here. Um, the word that started all of this in January was new season starts Advent 2016. That's next week. That's next Sunday. It's a new season for me, for my family, and it's a new season for us, for Awaken. So excited to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. So here's what we want to ask you to do. First, would you pray? Would you pray with us as we continue to walk this out? Um, two, discern your part. Um, often when new things are happening in the church, some people pray and there are prayer warriors who are behind the scenes. Some people send and some people go. Um, so discern your part in this. Um, Part of this is that we hope that some of you feel led by God to go and to plant this new work with Dan. Uh, and so I, they, they told me, uh, one of my friends said, don't, under, or don't underestimate how bad it's going to hurt when, uh, when you do this. So I don't know what, what we're getting ourselves into, but I've been warned. So at least I have that, right? Um, so discern your part, if you would. And then third, uh, I, we want to invite you, December the 4th, um, there's a lot of things that we didn't cover this morning, lots of details that we would like to share with you. So December 4th, it's a Sunday night, a couple weeks from now, 7 p.m., we'll be here. Um, we'll talk more in detail of the process and kind of what this means and how it will look going forward, uh, at least the parts that we know. So we want to invite you to come back for that. Also, uh, there's a PDF that is now on the main page of the website, so if you scroll down, it'll say Parish Model Church Planting. There's a PDF that you can click on and read through, and that's kind of like the, the plan in detail uh, as much as we know uh, and as much as we can kind of predict, which isn't much. Um, but that's there. We invite you to, to look that up and read that if you would. Um, Dan mentioned that this all began with uh, a word that he got from the Spirit saying, a new season begins Advent 2016. And so I wonder if it, there isn't the possibility that for some of you this morning, there's a word from the Holy Spirit that a new season begins June 2017 and what that might mean. Um, so I'm so excited. Uh, I, I, am, I feel alive, which means I'm scared out of my mind. And uh, I'm, we are forcing ourselves to live in a space where it will require desperate dependence on the Spirit of God. That's where we want to be, right in the middle of that. Do you guys remember that old story from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Lucy comes, and she asks, who is, who'd she ask? Whoever she asked, she asked, she said, is he safe? Talking about Aslan. And, and Beaver, whoever, who was Beaver. it? it was Mr. Beaver. Beaver. <laughs> Mr. Beaver. She's like, Mr. Beaver, is Aslan safe? And he's like, oh, heavens, no. He's not safe, but he's good. Some people say that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think the most dangerous place to be is in the center of God's will because you might be asked to do something that you never saw coming. 
So here we are. <laughs> Pray with me. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we have together to worship as your church, to, to invite uh, a new person into this family. And so God, as we walk the next step that's in front of us, and as we say yes to the next invitation, Holy Spirit, continue to guide us and lead us, be out in front of us. May we be reminded that you are the God of resurrection and that this is your church. This isn't mine, it's not ours, it's not anyone in this room, but it's yours, Jesus. So we give it back to you today. We entrust it to you and say, may we be found faithful with your good news of resurrection and redemption and renewal. In our time, in our day, God, do what only you can do, I pray. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. To the church of the resurrected Jesus, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Grace and peace, my friends. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash community or on Twitter. Play with the community. See you next time.